Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Hi, thanks for joining us. We're just finishing off another conversation before we step into that. Um, we've changed the setup this week to hopefully be a bit more dynamic. So on my right is uh, having a cuppa, uh, a chai latte, is uh, Linda, our community's pastor. And on my left, I don't know how that's going to look on your screen, is uh, Jared. What are you drinking? Your long black? Long black. Uh, Jared's our uh, pastor for worship and discipleship. So um, I don't know if I did that last week. So if you're not sure who we are... <laughs> Um, there you go. And who are you? Some days I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I've struggled to know some days. I know my name is Simon. Uh, my title here is a senior pastor, and that's as far as it gets some days. That's a good so, start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so just before we step into the conversations this week, uh, just a couple of things I wanted to uh, highlight and uh, celebrate. Uh, firstly, thank you for joining us last week and participating in the conversation. Uh, it's been good to have some of the feedback and, you know, it's tough and uh, we appreciate that. Um, we're not expecting uh, clear, direct answers, but hoping that in all of this we can uh, honour relationship, firstly the relationship we have with God and with one another. I think that's probably our primary mm. and even in this conversation today might actually be more controversial. Um, that's got you warmed up, hasn't it? But um, just that we can, I guess, engage in conversation and show how we can engage in conversation and uh, listen for one another and, and uh, grow in our maturing and our, and our faith in Jesus too. So thank you for participating in that. I also wanted to say thank you for your ongoing uh, generosity towards the life mission and vision of the Horsham Church of Christ. Uh, we're incredibly grateful for your partnership in every expression. Uh, being humbled in that by your continued uh, faithful and generous giving as well uh, to the life and the vision of the church. Uh, we just wanted to take some time just to remind you of our banking details uh, are available at horsham.org.au forward slash giving or you can download the generous app and search for the Horsham Church of Christ and you can make uh, uh, contributions uh, on an ongoing basis through there or to mission partnerships um, and occasionally there's love offerings we do so that's all available there too and we're incredibly grateful for your ongoing generosity in that. We're also incredibly grateful for those who still uh, bring in their cash offerings. Uh, they've dropped, been dropped in the letterbox or under the door. You've kind of snuck in at different times so thank you for taking the time and the energy to do that um, but thank you also for the um, take up on online giving, it's been really much appreciated and it's meant that we haven't needed to apply for JobKeeper or anything like that. So we've been very fortunate and very blessed. Um, at this stage, given the current changes or uh, coming into place, midnight is of the 22nd of June. Um, is that Monday? Is that, I don't know what day that is actually. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> It might actually be over the weekend. Well, you'll work it out. Um, so there's changes coming in, but at this stage, we're going to continue with uh, pre-recorded services in some way, just so you're aware of that. Uh, we're feeling uh, we're not really excited about 
um, having multiple gatherings, and that's the sense we're getting from our wider community too, I think. There's, we want to gather, we're hungry to gather, but we want to gather as one body. <laughs> uh, and that's our heart too, to be a multi-generational body and expression of that. So uh, thank you for your patience in that. We want to continue to be patient in that, uh, and we'll keep you certainly informed. But just to let you know, there's not a lot of change happening from our perspective and the way that we move forward at this stage. Is there anything else we need to... You're all good. Was it? Yeah. Sorry? I think it's midnight Sunday. Sunday. Sunday is the 22nd, is yeah. it? Okay. So today. Well, yeah, Monday is the 22nd, on. but I think it kicks in midnight Sunday. <sighs> okay. Well, yeah. okay we'll You're much clearer than I was earlier, <laughs> I'm sure. If we actually don't edit that piece out because we've just wasted <laughs> every seconds of every Sunday chance. morning. <laughs> um, so as we uh, step into this conversation today, uh, we've got uh, a question. We're going to start with kind of the bookends, I suppose. Two questions are, um, what does it mean to love God and how do we love God? What is sin and why does God hate it? That's, I feel like that's kind of the framework. And there's a lot of questions around um, judgment, uh, heaven, hell, suffering. Um, yeah. And if God is in control in the midst of that. So we're going to kind of have that framework, love and sin, and then wander in that framework, I think, is how we're planning today. Um, again, we've had a brief conversation, but we don't have anything scripted. We've prepared notes in our own ways. Um, and uh, so we hope you enjoy the discussion and participate in, in your own families, in your own life groups, uh, and it might actually help you in your conversations with friends and neighbours as well. Before we do that, Linda's going to pray. So join us. Yeah, let's pray. We thank you, Lord, that we can be here today. We thank you, Lord, that, um, that you have given us your word, um, that you uh, want us to delve into it, um, to, um, to try and understand it, that you also give us understanding too. And we just pray, Lord, that as we discuss these things today, um, that you do um, just help us, um, that you give us clarity, uh, that you give us listening ears for each other and that it's um, just good for you, that it honours you, the conversation that's had today. And so, Lord, we just offer this up for you today and we say thank you. And we just, uh, we thank you, Lord, that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you care so much for us. And... Um, yeah, we just, we just thank, you. thank you, Lord, that uh, we've got this opportunity to discuss these things openly and, uh, and in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. What does it mean to love God? How do we love God? Jared, I think last week you dobbed Linda in to start. <laughs> so Dangerous this week, thing to do, Jared. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm pulling rank. And uh, as you go into a coughing fit. Um, coughing fit. I was waiting Coffee for it. Yeah, I'm sure you were. You were yeah. already stealing yourself for it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to love God? Small question to start. Yeah, isn't it? It's Warm up, loosen up. Absolutely. It's uh, interesting to contemplate. Interesting is a bad word. Because we talk about loving God, loving other people, loving our neighbour as we love ourselves, as Jesus talks about. But to actually think, what does it look like to love God? Uh, kind of boggled the mind a little bit just to kind of think through that. We 
talk about love, we talk about God, but mm. what does it look like to love God? Mm. Some mm. ways it might be easier to think through what it is to love another human, but to love God feels like something else altogether. But I don't know that it is. No. Yeah. Because, well, 1 John talks about um, God is love. So to love God is to actually just grow in ever-deepening connection and relationship with him to discover more of who he is and what he's like and let that be reflected in the way that I live my life. Uh, and my love for God is actually also reflected in the way that I love the people around me, whether that's my family, my friends, my colleagues, people on the street that I meet only once. Um, so that's a really short snippet of an answer, um, but I think... Our love for God is actually reflected in the entirety of our lives in the way that we live out every aspect of our life. And if you look through scripture, it's tied in, um, I forget the address, but it's connected closely with faith and hope. Um, First Corinthians 13. That would do. Um, <laughs> and actually walking those out together and what it means to live a life of faith and hope. And I think our love for God, what it means to love God is to actually live in obedience and submission to him um, and to let his goodness and his love be reflected in my life mm. in everything mm. I do. Mm. Well, there you go. Mm. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers That's everyone. Thanks for coming. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> as well as that, I mean, mm. always a great place to look at is how Jesus yeah, absolutely. lived. Definitely. Yeah. How did Jesus love God? Mm. And exactly what you're saying is the example of what he demonstrated how he loved God by how he interacted with everyone else. Mm. Um, but in as, in, as well as that, he deepened his relationship with God through spending time with God, yep. you know, through spending um, time with his father, mm. for better description, um, by um, taking time aside by, you know, one-on-one -on -one time there so that then he could also be loving and investing time with those around him. Mm. Um, and both that being the, the disciples, his, you know, his closest people that he yeah. journeyed with all the time, but then also with those, as we spoke about last week, those that were oppressed and those that mm. were, you know, so those are the ones he, he, he sought out as well. So mm. that's how he loved God. Yep. Yeah, so um, it's both and, isn't it? You know, it's um, it's particularly seeking out that the, by loving the Father through those intentional and and specific things to do to be drawing closer in that relationship, but it's also in drawing closer in relationship in in very deliberate ways of of caring and loving and drawing closer to others. Mm. Initially, when I saw the question, I thought, ah. Oh. I was initially disappointed because of the conversation we had last week and it was quite, uh, in, um, you know, urgent and important and something, you know, how does the church respond to this particular, when mm. we're talking about Black Lives Matter? But actually, our last week is it part of the answer to this week. Like how we respond to those needs, those urgent, the people that are being oppressed in our, in our society, in our, the world that we live in, is actually the answer to what does it look like to love God? Well, you were talking about 1 John. In 1 John chapter 3, 
verse 17, it says, um, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Mm. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions mm. and in truth. Mm. So there's the love of God. Nailed it. Yep. But again, what does that mean? You know, what is... Does that mean we then go and share all our possessions uh, in a very real, like, you know, hang on a sec, you don't have a jumper, do you, you know, <laughs> do I need to give this to you? You know, like, what does it actually mean? How do we then, how does that play out? And I know this has been a discussion that uh, a number of us have been having. What do we, what do, we do with that? Mm. How do we then, what does it really mean to love God? But now, is that part of the struggle? Like, we overcomplicate it. Yeah, well, like, uh, what like I've... If, if, yeah. Like, I don't know that all of us can do everything. I don't think any of us can do everything. Well, correct. But what is one thing today? I think sometimes mm-hmm. we assign the loving God with this great big purpose and destiny. Um, and I, I, I guess over the last few years, as I read the gospel, like I see Jesus really intentional about his purpose. But the purpose that he has, like he doesn't take his eyes off Jerusalem or off the Father's work, but we see these constant interruptions in his movement. Mm. You know, <clears throat> the blind man by the side of the road, and the woman who's caught in adultery is brought at his feet, the, the parties that come along. Like Jesus knows exactly what he's moving towards as a greater purpose. That's, I, I love God, I, I'm about my Father's will, I do mm. my Father's purpose. And we see these other small things in our life. Oh, that's not what I want to do, that's not any great destiny. But actually... If you give your jumper away and that's what you felt like you needed to do in that moment, well done, congratulations. Mm. Does it save the world? Does it speak something meaningful into that one person's yep. life for yep. that day, for that minute, for that moment? Mm. And does, Absolutely. It, does it shift something slightly for you for then Correct. you learning something about even yourself yep. rather than yep. maybe maybe it shifts something slightly in for that yep. other person? And you know, I have one word that just is spinning around in my head and has been for maybe about 18 months probably, and that is experiment. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Just have a go. Yep. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't, I don't know really, but experiment. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. God's, God's okay with yeah. us not having it worked out exactly, but we can just have a go. It's all right. Well, isn't that a nature of trust? Like it's not ours to actually have it worked out. Mm. Isn't like either we... How big is our God? Mm. That even if we make a mess of it, do we trust God with the mess? Um, that's, um, I guess that's, you know, I think about the amount of times I feel like, oh, I could do this and then I'll kind of walk away and go, oh, I didn't do that. Like mm. how many opportunities have I missed? And I feel sicker about that than maybe stepping into things and making a mess of stuff. Mm. But, you know, you know what? <laughs> it's actually changed something about me and maybe left a little bit of something for the others as well. Um, you know, I think sometimes we can overcome, and maybe the spirit of comparisons in that too. Like we yep. kind of compare, oh, I'm not like Jared or Linda or Simon or, you know, Coxie or, um, you know, I'm not like Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King or Fred Hollows, you know, whoever you want to use, mm. who be example. And that's, that's not the point, is it? No, God's made you just as you are, to be you. Yeah. given you 
the gifts and abilities yep. just as you are yeah. for a particular purpose at a particular time in a particular place. Mm. Thinking about all of this, I think about obedience. So one of the ways that we actually show love is through obedience. And sometimes we can think that in order to serve God, it's got to be grand, mm. it's got to be big, it's got to mm. be... I've got to lead a massive church or a massive organisation yeah, to yeah. actually make a difference. Yep. I, I think most of the stories I know of people that are leading something big started with something really small. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about um, Heidi Baker, her and she and her husband Roland um, have planted something like 9,000 churches in Africa. Wow. But she still preaches stop for the one. Yeah. Like yep. it's always stop for the one with yep. Heidi. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what you do, how big you are, if you can't actually stop for the one like Jesus did, then on some level you're not actually completely loving God with mm. all your heart, soul, mind yeah, yeah. and strength. But I think the other, like to flip it the other side, like let's pick up the, you know, what is it to do, like the urgency about doing. We have to, we get so caught up in then the act of doing, which is the expression of love, that we miss the refilling of love by being yep. with the Father. Yep. And mm-hmm. Because we can only do those acts mm-hmm. well and actually mm-hmm. surrender those acts, mm-hmm. even if we make a mess of it or if we have success, they can only be surrendered if we are secure in who we are. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can be secure in, we are, in who we are is if we are constantly coming back yep. to the Father and Absolutely. doing that one important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we... Again, and I, I know people are sick of me saying it, but in the church world, I think we are so good at doing either or, mm. whereas I think God always invites us into both and, mm. and it's starting in relationship. Like you read Old Testament, mm. <laughs> Hebrew Scriptures, and God always, he starts most sentences with, this is what I will do for you. Yeah, This is what I will yeah. do for you. And because of what I've done for you, I invite you to. Mm. Like, I mean, it's just constant. It's constant through the Torah. It's constant through the poetry. It's constant through prophets. And we miss it. Like, come back to the Father. And as I said about what Jesus, Jesus demonstrated exactly that. He had the deep relationship with Father Mm. and then had the deep relationship with his friends and and extended to those around. it's, It's not rocket science to say it might be a good idea to 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 look at what Jesus did <laughs> with my own children I don't expect them to love me unconditionally and be in complete right relationship with with me without me first loving them mm. like I loved my children before they could ever return it yeah, before right. they even really knew about me yeah. like they knew me first as a shadow yeah yeah but I loved well, them yeah, right from well, the get go yeah so how much more, if that's me as an earthly dad, how much more our Heavenly Father loves us yeah. and our return for that be ever-increasing love for Him to discover what that looks like, like Jesus did, constantly going off to be alone with the Father. Well, in a healthy relationship, parent-child relationship, like a child does drain a lot for the first period of life, don't they? Like their comfort is in the parent, mm. you know? Th- yeah. They don't know what else to do. They, that's right. that's, their security is in the parent, mm. isn't it? Like yep. if you want to take that, mm. <laughs> that's how they start. Mm. I was just thinking about, as we're talking about that, um, 
Paul writes the Ephesians church and he says in chapter five, verse one, be imitators of God, mm. therefore, as dearly loved children. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then he, uh, and live a life of love, mm. just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So if you, I mean, if you want to know what is it to love God? It's a, it is a life of sacrifice. Like, and we're not always very good at talking mm. about that. Like there's, you know, even in this season, like we've talked about things that I have to sacrifice and things that I'm not willing to sacrifice. Um, but even that, like just let that sink in for a minute, be imitators of God. Mm. Like yep. God doesn't call us to do something that he doesn't enable. Yeah. So for us to actually, the invitation is there to imitate God in all his various facets and ways. Um, that's kind of astounding that that's the relationship that we're invited into. Yep. And I think the other aspect, just sitting here talking about it too, that we have the example of Jesus but God is the perfect loving father that he is. The disciples came to Jesus and said, they saw him praying and they said, Jesus teaches how to pray. And so he taught them how to pray. God is that good that if we want to know what it looks like to love him, mm. if we ask him, he yeah. will actually teach us in that. Yeah. If my kids come to me and say, dad, will you show me how to do this? I just helped my son fix his bike tire. Um, if, if we can, if one of my kids comes and says, can you show me how to do this? I'm like, Absolutely. And sometimes that's a small little thing here. Sometimes it's a lifelong lesson. Yeah. yeah. But God is the loving, perfect father that he is. I think he's more willing than we are sometimes to ask to actually show us who he is and what yeah. he's like. Yeah. Even if that's about what it is to, to love him. So let's flip the conversation. What is sin and why does God hate it? Not loving God. Done. <laughs> well, it's probably the opposite of everything we've talked about, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> what Jesus didn't do. <laughs> I just think of all these songs, you know. <laughs> Sinners and anything. Like, yeah, all, the, all those little, I'm not going to sing them. <laughs> oh, I was no. waiting for it. No, what no. songs do you know about sin? I can't, like. Oh, good old Jenny Flack songs for anyone that knows Jenny Flack. <laughs> I know, of, but I've got no tunes coming to mind. And that's okay. But the, the words that pop into the, I'm not singing the song, but it's uh, that sin separates us from God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a separation. It's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's not what Jesus was, <laughs> yeah. was showing. It's, a, mm. um, it's something that God doesn't like. In fact, he said he, he hates it. <laughs> And that's the cue, isn't it? Like, it's a separation. Like, I think sometimes, um, you know, we were talking earlier about the nature of um, growing up in faith and hell was scary. So you love God, so you didn't go to hell. <laughs> you know? Um, you know, and that might be a little bit unfair, but, you know, we've probably done that in our time as well. Like, um, but if we start with the nature that God is love and the nature of, um, even the nature of judgment is scary. But the last couple of weeks, I've heard these definitions of judgment that have just gone, oh, that is so, like it's the, rev- it's the revealing of things. It's mm. the revealing of truth. It's not the condemnation of action. It's mm-hmm. the revealing of truth. I think, mm. oh yeah. man, that's, yeah. that just changes yeah. everything. Mm. Um, and the nature of uh, separation from God is why he hates us because he created us to be in relationship primarily mm. And yeah. we've added all this other junk to it mm. yeah. that he hates being separated in the relationship. Yeah. And, and made 
us in his image to reflect his likeness. Yeah. And to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. First commandment given to humanity. Yes. And so he has this plan for who we are and what we're like. And in his infinite wisdom, this is the instruction that he gives us. So when we step outside of that, then we're stepping outside of his will and his purposes. Yeah. And therefore not giving him glory in the things yeah. that we do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Romans 14 says, uh, we talked last week about, you know, to one man, one person, Sabbath is a day of the week and to yep. another, Sabbath is every day. The conclusion of that section in Paul's letter to the Romans is um, that everything that does not come from faith is sin. Wow. Ooh. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. And then another Romans passage, Romans six twenty three says, "For the wages of sin is death." Yeah, yeah, mm. yep. yeah. So everything that's not from faith is sin, mm. and then the wages of sin is death. Mm. Um, but on the positive side, the gift of God is eternal life in mm. Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. So <laughs> there is hope. There is great hope. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, it's not just a distant hope. Either, no, no. Which is, not. I think, how we viewed it. It has been that kind of, yes, yeah. strange thing of in the future. <laughs> Earth is like the boarding lounge. Yes, yes. Mm. Um, and Satan's done pretty well to, to get that out there. That totally. um, there's, there's nothing that will affect you right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's something yeah. for the future. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but also, I think Satan's done a pretty good job of wanting, of getting us to believe that God's rejected us mm. Um, mm. and he won't forgive us, mm. you know, because of that sin, you know, we're, we're beyond redemption. Mm. Um, we've sinned too mm. much. Mm. Yep. Yeah. You, that, that concept that, oh, no, I'm too rotten or I'm um, too this or... Um, or done too much. Done too much. Or not enough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just not true. Nope. Lie from the pit of hell. I was just trying to think, I wish I had looked it up, but I wonder what the Greek word for death is. Like, I wonder how we view death and how Paul actually stated it in those couple of passages, you know, for the wages of sin is death. Because, you know, it's that, it is that, my understanding of some of Paul's theology would be very much this separation, which then has consequences on the way that we live our life. And, you know, that caused me to go back to the, you know, John 10 passage from Jesus, you know, um, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Yep. <laughs> That's death. Mm. I have come that you might have abundant life. Yep. Um, so there's mm. these two opposing forces at work. And um, yeah, so it's, um, I think just the dynamics of that, death is actually this whole sense of value and mm. lack of meaning or purpose perhaps. Um, um, lack of identity, lack of security in our identity. All of that is encompassed in that, I think. And then you come back to what we were talking about earlier in that you feel like you have to work. It, it's through what you do that you actually gain relationship with the Father and nothing yeah. is further from the truth. Yeah. Like that's what the enemy wants to convince us of, yeah. that you actually have to do something in order to earn his love. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes sin because yes. you're not actually living through faith. Yeah. Yes. Rather, God invites us into relationship to know him heart to heart. Yeah. yeah, because of all that he's already done for us, and because of who he is. Yeah, and then we find the full revelation of who we are. Yeah, yeah. and out of a response in that relationship 
is where that um, the action mm. comes, not the other way around. Yeah. Mm. I think God is about life is what we want to say. <laughs> yeah. As much as anything. And there comes a time where there is a final judgment, a final revelation of who we were and how we lived that out in response to God. Mm. Um, but I'm also mindful, you know, Jesus says to uh, the religious leaders, you know, when they come and question him about marriage, you know, you know, God is not a God of the dead. He is a God of the living. Mm. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, there's a couple of questions around um, when people die, do they go to sleep in, until Jesus' second coming? They don't go straight to heaven or hell. Um, Jared, you had a pretty clear response to that earlier when we were discussing that. Yeah. Um, Jesus is being crucified on the cross and two criminals either side. And he says to one of them, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm, mm. And they're like, oh, okay, so what happens? Because doesn't Jesus go down into the depths of hell and take back the authority that the devil had stolen from humanity? Like, how does that work out? Well, I don't know. But Jesus says to a human being crucified, today you will be with me in paradise. So that's some pretty clear evidence that straight away you're with Jesus. We've got to get better at holding mystery, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Not everything has a clear-cut answer. We like clear-cut answers, and I think in our society we're like that too. But like when when this was written, when the Bible was written, they they lived in a lot a, a world of a lot more imagery, and yes. a, you know that was part of the culture. And so for them to hear some of the the, the imagery that's in the Bible, it it, it wouldn't have phased them necessarily like it does. Like I mean, Revelation, for example, mm, mm. is. <laughs> you know, for those yeah, yeah. that have written it, I mean, I read it. I've written it. I mean, I haven't. You've written, written it. it. No, I didn't write wow. it. I've read I think it. I have read it a number of times, and it's not becoming any clearer. <laughs> even if I've writ- written it or read it, it's not become any clearer um, what all the different things mean mm. every time I read it. Um, probably because. I'm not from the context and the culture for that it was written to, but nevertheless, I can hold that in and that's, and that's okay because my understanding is that, um, well, the important stuff is the here and now. Mm. Uh, how, how am I, what is my relationship with God now? Who am I, you know, to, to be living now? Um, what happens when I die? How all of that, um, where I go and the timing of it, and um, yeah, is I suppose some of that is is important for people to grapple with, um, but not to get anxious about. Uh, and uh, you know, Matthew six thirty four, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Let tomorrow take care of itself. You know, like let's let's not let it consume. And, and why? Because today has enough troubles today of its own. Today has enough like, troubles of its thanks, own. Thanks, Jesus. So yeah. comforting and caring. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So well, let's... Don't you think when we talk about these things too, we can end up, and Christians have, we've ended up in as many destructive arguments over the nature of heaven and hell yeah. than yeah. anything else throughout the course of history. Mm. It's probably caused more division in the church because you don't have the same theology as me. Well, hang on, mm. my theology is following Jesus. Like, mm. you know, or, yes, there's a whole lot of other things and maybe script, you feel like scripture is clearer in that. I don't quite see that like that, but that's okay. Mm. Like, 
I can hold that mystery because I, and more and more like, and again, I, I feel like, I don't know if it's, I don't want to, there's an element where I, I blah, blah, blah. Um, like, I don't want to say that sometimes I feel dumb or too simplistic about it, but how big is my God? Mm. You know, like, and I don't want to mean that doesn't mean I don't learn new things or grow or mature. It's just, if I grow into this space where I think I have it all, mm. who am I becoming? Mm. Is that? Yeah, absolutely. Become God. And I, like Paul writes and talks about the mystery, the mystery of God that's revealed through creation, the mystery of God that's revealed uh, over period of time. But it talks about an ongoing discovery of that mystery. Yeah. That you don't ever discover the fullness, but yeah. it's actually in spending time with God and drawing near to him that we uncover some of that yeah but we never uncover the fullness otherwise we put ourselves in the place of god and there's a difference between being imitators of god being like god and wanting to be god yep yep you picked up on imagery before like is there mm. you want to do you want to pick up on the specific yeah oh well um you mean the two two corinthians yep. one yeah that was one that was a, a question that was asked about two corinthians 12 verse 7 the question was do you think that god gives a messenger of satan to torment people um so i suppose we better read two corinthians i haven't got it open So I'll just read uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 6. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. So that, yeah, so the question was, do you think God gives a messenger of Satan to torment people, to keep them from becoming conceited to other people, uh, to people other than Paul nowadays? So it's an interesting question. And it got me thinking, okay, so what's the context of that particular um, statement that uh, Paul's made there? Like, why is he saying that? And what's he talking about just before that? Mm. Like, why has he included that, mm. that verse? Mm. And, and with all of these things, I think it's really important that we don't just um, take things and, and, yeah, that we look at it in detail to make sure that we're not um, assuming something of, of that particular verse. Um, but it's, it's also good to question it. So I had a look back and I challenge anyone to have a look at do this, have a look back at the, the previous verses and see uh, what's happening. And so if you have a look halfway through verse uh, chapter 11, Paul and in Corinthians, Paul's writing to the Corinthians and he needs to actually say what it is, who he is uh, as a leader. And it's, he needs to be able to reinforce why it is that he has authority as a leader in the church. And so he is actually stating all the things that he has done for God, uh, at, for the church, and he's boasting. And it can seem quite arrogant, the things that he's boasting about. Um, but then he gets to this point and all of a sudden he's talking about, oh, well, if I choose to boast, I, I would be a fool because... I've actually got this thorn, um, which is a messenger from Satan. So, so he's 
So if we look at the context, he's, he's just done all of this boasting. So we could say, all oh, right, so he's probably prone to being prideful. And if we look at what Paul was like before he became a Christian, when he was Saul, we saw a, a man mm. full of pride, didn't mm. we? Yeah. A man that was, um, you know, doing whatever he wanted to <laughs> as a, you know, with the Jewish people and mm. all sorts of things, well, with the new Christians as a Jewish person, at, at just taking control um, in whatever way he wanted to uh, with disregard for others. Mm. So here he's showing that um, at this messenger of Satan is actually keeping him in check. It's stopping him from his prideful manner. So is this messenger from Satan actually an imagery of temptation to sin? Like, mm. is that actually what, uh, what it is? Yeah. And would the people at the time have understood that, that that's simply what he was talking about? So that the thorn is not something, something more than that? Like, is that... Is that all it is? So, yes, we're all prone to temptation from sin. Satan is great at that, of tempting us. Um, but we all have God there to help us um, be able to get through anything as well. So, but it's important to, to look at the context, to understand what it means for, for them at the time and then for us looking back at what it means for us. Well, I think the important thing is I read that text too, like what he does with that. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't sit around and say, oh, woe is me, the world's yep. against me, the Lord is against me. No, he goes, mm -hmm. I've yep. got this struggle, I've got this mm -hmm. hardship, so I go to the Lord. Yep. <laughs> and the Lord gives me revelation yep. about what's happening there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, like, that's quite mm. powerful in itself, isn't it, too? Mm. Um, well, it gives glory yeah. to God. Yeah, that's yep. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And... Um, I haven't got the ref. I, I get confused if it's Second Corinthians or First Corinthians chapter ten. You know, if, uh, there, we all face temptations, but in every way, God gives us a way out. Mm. Um, and I think that's really important as well. So, and you know, even further back, the the, the relationship and the conversation that Job records. <laughs> you know, that he was apparently privy to <laughs> about the nature of relationship, about Satan wandering the earth and Satan says to God, what about your servant Jake, Job? So, you know, there's, there is this battle and, you know, the battle is not against flesh and blood. Paul writes Paul in Ephesians, but against the powers, the principalities of darkness. Mm. So there is this yeah. struggle. And in thinking <laughs> about that, think about what you've said about pride, possibly creeping in for Paul and mm. about Job, the, the one thing that Job hints at is the self-righteousness that began to creep in. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's a couple of places in scripture, it says God opposes the proud, um, but gives grace to the humble. So, like, is, is this, we see two examples where it's pride that's actually being dealt with in quite a forward manner in order to keep people humble before the Lord? Yeah. If, yeah. Like if that's not being too loose. The one thing I want to say about <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 12, this verse about a thorn in my flesh, is that sometimes this is used as an argument for people not being healed today, not receiving physical, mental, emotional, spiritual healing. People are like, oh, but what about Paul when he talks about thorn in my flesh? Does that, you know, so not everybody gets healed. It's not like Jesus 
said heal the sick with a little asterisk after it. <laughs> terms and conditions, fees and charges apply. See install for details. Yeah, yeah. Like Jesus said heal the sick. There's no if, buts or maybes. Yeah. Paul's experience and like we've talked about, isn't, I don't think it is this physical no, I don't believe pain that he's bearing in his thing. body. Yeah. Um, and, and so neither is it licensed for us to not seek after healing today. Fair enough. Fair enough. Close brackets. Close brackets. Do we, is, is God still in charge? Do we think? Well, I think Having we've just been talking about that, haven't we? Mm-hmm. About Job and the, the control or of what he gives uh, to Satan to, to do. Yeah. Um, so, of course, God is in charge. Absolutely. Um, but we're not puppets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not puppets. Yeah, absolutely. Right from the get-go, free will. Free will. Which comes back a to choice. our starting question, doesn't it? You know, what is it to love God? Mm. Well, that's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, and I guess as I looked at that question, I was reminded there's going to come a time where every knee will bow Mm -hmm. and every tongue will confess. Now, what that looks like in eternity, I don't know. Neither do I. But there's going to come a time. The other other side of that is, you know, there's going to be those who call out, Lord, Lord, but you're not going to enter into. (laughs) So, you know, hold those in the tension that's there. Um, I have to believe that God is in charge. Mm. Like, you know, I, and, you know, we've had several conversations just because everyone else has been in isolation in different ways, but, you know, as in God in control, like there's times in our houses where oh, I'm going to let some things go and then every now and then I'm just going to say, you know what, that's enough. <laughs> like, you know, that's a decision you're making, but in this moment, mm. I'm not letting you make those yeah. decisions. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So um, we were, we were talking about like just stupid TV shows. Like the last couple of years, we watched The Bachelorette together just because that's what our kids wanted to do. And I love that you've confessed that here. <laughs> well, and you know, I'm just putting it out there. And look, it was fascinating. People's, you know, some parts. And then, you know, I thought, oh, we're going to watch Big Brother. And we were talking about it, I said, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, actually, I didn't say, no, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm just called Rhett. Like, <laughs> we're not watching that. Like, I have limits. I have standards. So, I don't, but it's a pretty poor example. But I think it just gives some insight, you know, and I'm not, yeah. I, th- I think there's teaching going around that says God is in charge but he's not in control, mm. which is, and there's a whole teaching around that yeah. because people can kind of get up in arms and say, what do you mean he's not in control? Of course he's in control. The, the whole idea is that, yes, scripture says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Yes. It's all his. He yeah. can yeah. do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. That's the, the providence of God. Yeah. Is he in control? Yeah, but he gives us control. Yeah. He's actually assigned us mm. to subdue the earth. Yeah. To maintain it, to care for it. Yes. Um, you know, for better or worse. Um, and so control has been given to us. And that's shown that Satan comes to Jesus, tempts him and says, um, I have the authority and I can give it to you. Yeah. And then after his death and resurrection, Jesus has the authority because he took it back. Yeah. Through defeating death once and for all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably a great way to wrap it up, really. Like all of this is a conversation, invitation to press deeper into relationship mm. with the Father yeah. as it's been revealed through Jesus Christ. Mm. And that's 
the whole point of everything that we're doing. Like even in this conversation, if you're a follower of Jesus, we've wanted to be able to, uh, I guess, help facilitate conversation and help people become more confident in our faith. Uh, I think that's something that we need to grow in, just the confidence in who we are and how we express our life. But if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, We'd love to have a conversation with you. You might know someone who's a follower of Jesus. Go and ask some questions. Mm. Sit in a conversation over a cuppa. Mm. Um, you know, if you can't go into their cafes, you not feel safe about going to a cafes, meet at a park, uh, invite someone around to home uh, and enter into the conversations. Um, we hope that you've been really encouraged, uh, awakened, stirred. Keep pressing in the scriptures. Keep pressing into the, the heart of the Father, knowing who you are in relationship with Jesus. And uh, we'd love to hear your stories. And... Um, I think, yeah, thanks for joining us and thanks for being a part of the conversation.